Can you tell me about a time that something was really hard, but then it was easy? Coloring, red the coloring glasses, that was hard. What made it easy? Um, the, I keep trying, but I got better. Welcome to episode 16 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavioral analysts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, our hosts talk about two topics growing in popularity among parents and teachers, growth mindset and resiliency. You will hear about why these topics are important and how to integrate them into your home with your kids. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits, an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, and behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello and welcome to our 16th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst, but now mother of three. Yay! <laughs> I can't Welcome believe I'm saying back. that. <laughs> I know, we got to change that up. Yeah. Thank you, I know. It's been a while. Yeah. Glad yeah, to have you back. Yes, thank you. Happy to be back. It's been crazy. So any of our listeners who have three kids, um, everybody always says it's the, now you're outnumbered and that's what, where it's so difficult, but... I don't know. I mean, you're you're outnumbered, but I feel like the bigger kids really try to push your buttons when you have a baby. <laughs> don't so, forget about me, mom. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I think that they were so when we had a boy, by the way, which I don't think I had mentioned that because we didn't know. So now mm-hmm. we have boy, girl, boy, and I think that the older two, you know, they were in cahoots of like, what can we do to really get a rise out of mom and dad because we were so busy with the, a newborn. So mm-hmm. it took some adjusting there, but I had to really put on my behavior analyst hat for a while there and was like, okay, I can handle this. I can get it <laughs> under control. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy, but fun three months. Well, what I can say as your colleague and friend is you've been very resilient. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> as we Perfect. segue into the topic. <laughs> yes, that is so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's get into it. Um, today, we're going to dive into two topics, which, you know, Kristen, you and I talked about, do we separate these topics? Do we not? And we kind of landed on Let's talk about them together because there's a lot of overlaps. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of things that kind of go together with these two topics of growth mindset and resiliency. So let's first talk about growth mindset. As some people know, this started, kind of got coined by a psychologist at Stanford, Carol Dweck and her colleagues back in about 2016. That's when their book came out, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And So growth mindset spoken about in this book and now, you know, even to today is really the belief that somebody's capacities and talents can be improved over time. And you can do that through practice and patience and and working hard. And Mm -hmm. that contrasts with what we hear sometimes with this fixed mindset. We hear that sometimes in school. And that basically means that your abilities are stuck the way that they are. So, you know, the advantages of having a growth mindset and developing a growth mindset, because 
you can develop it, we'll talk more about that, is improve self-esteem, healthier relationships, having effective time management skills, improve decision-making, better social skills, lower rates of <laughs> depression, higher confidence, lower stress levels, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. And according to the research, a person's belief in their ability to learn actually has a greater impact on their academic success than their intelligence alone. So I thought that was really interesting um, coming out of the research. Mm -hmm. yeah. So another thing to think about too is helping your child or your teen understand how they learn and, and how they can develop a growth mindset is really, really beneficial. And as I mentioned before, newsflash, you can develop this growth mindset. So that's a really positive thing that's come out of the research. Um, and, you know, kind of overall, with that learning to receive feedback and accept criticism can really help us learn new skills and, and build some confidence and independence. So we'll get into all that good stuff uh, in a little bit. Yeah, definitely. That's a great definition of growth mindset and I hope helps really understand, okay, what is this and how can we help our kids in supporting mm -hmm. them with developing one? Definitely. So resilience, which is a similar, but it's definitely a different beast, we could say. <laughs> um, so this is the ability to manage and recover from daily setbacks and adversity. So we experience this as, as adults. So maybe mm -hmm. we have a lot of stress at work and are we able to really bounce back from that? Um, and then kids, of course, are going to have, have this as well with, with various things. And it is the inner resolve that although a situation may be out of a person's control, really what we're looking at is how he or she responds to that perception or response. So we're definitely mm -hmm. going to talk a lot about that and how your response to something is actually, um, it might be what we're, what you should focus on. Mm -hmm. And I was looking in a little bit of research in this area just to figure out, okay, who, who really coined this term? Where did it come from? And the research actually started in the early 70s. And hmm. one thing I know, and one thing that I found to be really interesting is that resilience is actually a process rather than a trait. And a lot of people see it as like, it's a trait that you have, but really it's actually a process. And so the research helps to identify some of those risk factors, as well as the protective elements that are going to shape one's ability to be resilient. So I thought hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. it's, so it's really um, not just about bouncing back from adversity. It's about bouncing back into pre-setback state. And some of the research will say like pre-crisis state, but I felt like that was a little heavy <laughs> for, for this. But really, if, if you run into a challenge, can you overcome that challenge and get back to where you were before that challenge came about? Hmm. So it's pretty neat. Nice way of looking at it. And so another point here is that when children have protective factors in place, so good families, schools, communities, they're less likely to be in that risk category of not being able to bounce back and get back to that pre-setback state. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I learned a lot about resiliency. <laughs> yeah. I knew a lot about it, but it was nice to dig in and say, okay, where did this really come from and what does it mean? And I thought it was really interesting because a lot of people look at it like it's a character trait or it's something that you have. But really, mm -hmm. again, just like growth mindset, it's something that you can learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see. I wonder if it has to do with um, – I wonder if your level of, of resiliency then – 
is contingent upon the the communities and the schools and mm-hmm. maybe what level of emphasis they place on those things. I don't know. That's maybe something yeah. else we could look at. It is. It is interesting because I think those are considered uh, to, to be maybe preventative measures. So you're mm-hmm. right. Like, what are they teaching? How are they you know, I think it's what the child is surrounded by. It helps mm-hmm. them identify those setbacks and be able to bounce back, essentially. Whereas a child who might not have access to those things may not be as resilient. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Well, that's actually a good segue into kind of kicking off some tips, really, mm-hmm. some evidence-based you know, strategies on how to build resiliency and growth mindset. We've talked about this before, but for any, you know, if you have questions about the research or or guidance on these evidence-based topics, you can definitely check out really the authority on Mm -hmm. some of these things, social, emotional learning, right? Because Mm -hmm. resiliency and growth mindset kind of fall under this big, huge umbrella that Mm -hmm. is social and emotional learning. And so CASEL.org, which is C-A-S-E-L, it stands for the Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning. That's really the authority. So definitely check them out. We are crediting them for a lot of the content for today's podcast. Um, But let's dive into it. Let's talk a little bit about some strategies to help build growth mindset. And then we'll segue over to the resiliency area. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into growth mindset and resiliency, and we're going to talk a little bit about kids, and then we're going to segue into kind of tweens and teens. So we'll kind of break it up that way. So the first tip or kind of strategy for building up some of these skills or processes as mm-hmm. as we're <laughs> learning now, um, number one, focusing on self-talk. So turning I can't do this or I give up into I can learn anything or maybe a a kid wouldn't say this uh, verbatim, but my effort (laughs) can determine my ability. (laughs) Or maybe they would. Hey, you might throw you off. (laughs) Yeah, perhaps something to that effect. Um, It's going to be really, really important. So one thing as a parent to think about and remember is to try to model this yourself. I tell this a lot with the parents that I work with, Chris, and you probably do too, Mm -hmm. but you know, maybe you have to kind of overdo it or be really animated or feel like you're kind of being kind of fake here. But if you can really highlight this and maybe go out of your way to make these comments, like, you know what, I can, I can learn anything. You know what? I just, I can't do this yet, but I'm going to practice. I'm going to get this. I'm going to put in some good work and I know I'm going to make progress. You might not use that self-talk out loud when no one else is around, but really pouring it on thick can be helpful. And then modeling it and teaching your kids to do it and reinforcing when they do it too. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the next one is identifying the power of yet. And I referenced this just a, a second ago. So kind of dive into this a little bit more. So talking about things that your your child can do now and, and maybe things that they can't do, but want to do in the future. So maybe right now they can ride a bike with training wheels And later on, they want to learn how to ride a bike, a two-wheeler without Mm -hmm. the training wheels. So thinking about those things, what can you do now? Oh, right. You can't do it yet. So you're helping them kind of get on that path, thinking forward. Okay, I'm going to practice. I can't do it now, but that doesn't mean I'm just never going to do it or give up. But I can do this. I just can't do it now. 
And then conversely, maybe look at a picture of your child when they were younger and kind of talk about with them what can they do now that they couldn't do years ago. So it's kind of the the opposite there. So they're celebrating, wow, you know what? You practiced that. You really stayed focused. That was a goal of yours. You couldn't do that when you were two years old. See, look at you in that picture. And now look at where you are. So, yeah. yeah. I love this one. I will say this one is huge in our house. And this might be of all the tips for kids. I think this is probably the one that we do the most. Mm -hmm. And um, especially when you have kids close in age. So we have our kids now are five and three. And of course, our three-year-old wants to be doing everything Big Brother is doing, yeah. but she just can't, you know, and it's just the unfortunate truth is that she's not there yet, although she thinks she might be. Mm-hmm. And so she actually is now, and she just actually just did this yesterday where she said, well, I can't read yet, but brother mm-hmm. can read, but I can't read yet. And I was like, oh, wow. And I just thought of it because I thought of our, our podcast and I was like, yes, yes it's working. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but it's definitely something that the more you model it with them and get that word in there that then they start to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's, that's so fun. You know, when you're teaching something and then you hear your kids say it either in your presence or just you overhear it. You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they do hear me. Yeah, Yeah. they do. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, so number three, I really like this one, teaching not to shelter or trying not to to shelter your child from upset and frustration. Mm -hmm. I see this all the time in work and just in my own life out at the park and things like that. We sometimes call that like helicopter parenting, right? So Mm -hmm. you don't want your kid to be upset. You rush in when they can't do something or you just don't want them to be sad or, or frustrated, try to allow them to, to get the practice of perseverance and being able to push through and kind of work through when things are hard. And you can remind them too that it's okay to ask for help. Give it a good try. If you can't do it, it's okay to ask for help. And this is a good life lesson. I always think, I kind of try to draw some of these tips that we give to, to parents why it's important and Mm -hmm. what the benefits would be long-term. I think this is definitely one of those times because if you're constantly sheltering your child from any time that they might be upset and trying to prevent upset at every juncture, you're not doing them any favors. You might maybe prevent a tantrum here or there, but it's what we've talked about quite a bit is kind of the long-term or short-term pain for long-term gain, right? right? You're not really teaching them how to navigate upset when they become an adult and later on in life when they're at work or they're in college or something, um, that's a, that's a good skill that they, that they need to have is be able to be, you know, able to push through stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think really the, the silver lining there is helping them develop the coping strategies that they need. Um, you know, so of course persevere, but then also, and more into the area of resilience, but how do I bounce back, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's really important to put them in there so that they can kind of, be able to persevere through a challenge. Absolutely. I'm thinking of like, you know, doing your shoes at the park, your shoes are untied, you're getting frustrated, you can't do it. If you really work through and you develop, can you go through that resiliency process where you, you ask, you do your shoes and maybe you're frustrated, you finally ask for help, or you just try it again and again and you get it, then you're able to bounce back get back to your previous state and just go right back into the play scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ideal state, right? So 
that yeah. can take practice. Yeah, definitely. One thing I was thinking of, something that I did with my own kids, and I also tell parents this quite often in terms when it comes to asking for help, I'll have parents say, well, well, what if they always ask for help? And they're mm-hmm. always like, I need help, I need help, even when you know that they don't need help. Yeah. So a, a big one or something you could try is saying, okay, I want you to try it one more time, one more time. And then if you can't do it, then I will help you. So mm-hmm. it helps them get in the mindset of, okay, let me try this a couple times before I really do need to ask for help. Yeah, I think that is important too. Mm-hmm. Um, that that happened to us a lot during the pandemic, I will say. I, I felt mm-hmm. like it was just my this false sense of availability. I was in the office, yeah. but I was here. <laughs> and I felt like my kids, that was their default. They just defaulted to, mom, can you help uh-huh. me? Mom, I don't get this. And I'm like, did you read the instructions? You know? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was that was something that we started to do is institute, okay, I'm going to, I want you to try it again yourself. And sometimes I would see them say, I need help. Wait, hold on. No, I think I got it. And so I really tried to praise that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, good. I'm glad you're just trying again, you know, just really trying to be independent. So, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, so number four, allowing your child to take safe risks. I know we're going to talk a little bit about this later too with teens, but Taking safe risks to make mistakes. The keyword there is safe <laughs> um, to make mistakes and improve and kind of get back up again. And so there's there's an example here. Letting your child try to cook something, maybe with a recipe, maybe without a recipe, supervise for safety, but let your child try to do it themselves and and let them make some mistakes. They they're gonna maybe crack an egg and all the shells are gonna go in the bowl. It's not the end of the world, right? It's annoying. <laughs> it might make a little bit more of a mess, but trying to hone in on what the end goal is here. And then when you're done, ask your child what they did well and what they could do maybe differently uh, the next time and help them understand that making mistakes is just part of kind of the growth process and that accepting feedback in times like this, for example, mm-hmm. will really help them improve. So I like using cooking as an example for a lot of different things. I am not the cook. I am not a good baker, but I'm going to lean on it as a teaching tool. It sure is. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I swear, every time I try to bake something, I maybe I need to slow down and and actually, maybe I should try it without the recipe, actually. That might be a better strategy for me. But every time, I don't know, like I miss a step or I forget an ingredient. So I've, I've just given up on baking. But it's good to do with your children because maybe yeah. then they'll help you. <laughs> Isn't it? Some baking skills. It's kind of funny to behavior analysts that like have a hard time following a recipe, which is so like the opposite of what, our totally field. opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like our field is so much about like there's always like this task analysis and like the steps and the sequencing. Um, I know last night yeah. I had to go out and I wanted to make meatballs, spaghetti and meatballs. And um, my husband came home early from work because I had to go to this appointment. I I told him, oh don't you know don't worry I'm I'm gonna make this special dinner. I come home and the meatballs are already made. <laughs> He's like that's okay. I already made them. He's a much better cook than I am. So win win. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You give and take a little. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so tip number five, we're already through half of these, um, enrolling your child in a new activity. So getting them into dance or sports. I know a lot of kids these days are, um, well, have always, but I'm hearing a lot more about it is martial arts, mm-hmm. art and music and, and theater and, and so on. Ask them to tell you what they did well and, and maybe what mistakes they made and kind of normalize that. 
Mm-hmm. I know a lot of kids, I know a lot of adults, myself included, you don't really want to highlight your mistakes. You want to do well, you might be conscientious, but talk about that. You know, what what happened? What went wrong? Did you make any mistakes? And set aside time for them to, to kind of practice getting better um, at that activity. Yeah, I really like this one. And it's it's really important to give kids opportunities to grow and learn. But it's mm-hmm. also equally important, as you had mentioned, practice. Because quite often I hear from families, my child wants to be able to do this perfect right away. Yes. And they can't. And nobody can. You know, you're not mm-hmm. perfect at something the first time you try it. So kind of going back to one of your earlier tips of thinking, okay, you weren't able to do this yet. But like, let's say baseball is our first baseball practice. Like, oh, you, you weren't able to, to hit a home run the first time. and mm-hmm. but, but maybe if you keep practicing, you'll be able to hit a home run similar to, to how you couldn't ride a bike before, but now you can. So just yeah. putting it all together. But I think what you the most important piece there is you have to enroll them in the new activity. Mm-hmm. So a lot of parents will say to me like, well, I don't know if I want them to try it because They may not like it and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to just take that leap. Yeah, you bring up a a really good point. And I think that's a point to kind of one of the the key takeaways of this whole podcast is that parents can facilitate the resiliency process learning and the growth mindset kind of building. And you do that through kind of reinforcement, creating opportunities, modeling. So maybe making a goal for yourself and saying, yeah, you know, I'm going to really focus on building up my child's resiliency process or teaching them through looking at pictures when they're little and and those sort of things really pointing out, hey, you couldn't do that yet, but you can do it now. So yeah, and, and getting them involved in activities, that's a really great way to kind of take an active part in developing these processes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Kind of going into the next one here, number six, help your child set a goal. So asking them, what do you want to do? Helping them make a plan, writing it down. Maybe they can't write yet. So you're you're doing that for them. But remembering that having a goal really reminds ourselves of what we're working for. And I think especially if you have a child that gets easily frustrated or Kristen, like you mentioned before, kids that get frustrated or maybe even quit when they can't do something really well Mm -hmm. the first time. Yes. Looking back and referencing that goal. Yeah. Remember you, you really wanted to be able to do your roller skates all around the cul-de-sac. That's what my kids are really into right now. And (laughs) when you first started the kind of quote, the baseline data, right. Is Mm -hmm. that you couldn't even stand up without falling over on those roller skates. And now you're scooting along. And so you're already making progress. So the goal really kind of helps them see the future. But I think a a little side note too, is, is it really helps them see the progress and yes. where they started. I was just going to say that. You're reading my mind. Um, <laughs> I think that's perfect because I do get that often with parents who will say, my child wants to do it perfect the first time. Mm-hmm. And usually what I'll say then is break it down. So break it. You know, you can't do this to this this level of achievement, but what can be a, a small goal that you can focus mm-hmm. on so you can get there and yeah. writing it down. <laughs> I think we say that in every podcast, visual, visual support. Yeah. <laughs> Write it yeah. down so that they can see it. Definitely. absolutely. I mean, there are some things to some activities that really do require a lot of steps. I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I think it's just because I'm really enjoying the Olympics and the Paralympics and, you know, things like, um, what is it? Pole vaulting. You mm-hmm. can't do that <laughs> on your first time. There are so right. many steps. My my youngest sister was a pole vaulter and 
you know, just hearing her talk about all the steps that are involved in finally leading up to putting it in the thing and like hurling yourself mm-hmm. over the big bar. I'm not using the right terminology, but um, that I think is a perfect way to illustrate that Definitely. you need to set a goal, break it down and so on. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah. All right. So number seven, remind your child to do just a little bit more. So when you feel like you want to quit, for example, do a little bit more, just push yourself a, a little bit. And this I think is helpful because it it makes it seem manageable. It's like, okay, let's just do, let's just do one more. Let's just do one more problem in math. Let's just read one more page, just kind of ex- extending yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this one. And I was thinking that I know we're talking about supporting our children, of course, but also supporting you as parents. Mm-hmm. But this is a good reminder for parents. So anything that you're doing, like you can, you can um, use planned ignoring for 30 more seconds, you know, <laughs> going back to our, our behavior, behavior episode, but yeah. you know, you can do anything for maybe 30 more seconds or one more minute or hold, hold strong on that when your child's asking for the cookie for the 10th time, you know, <laughs> things like that. That's my house. <laughs> now we're having a reference to my own personal <laughs> house yeah. reminder. Um, what was my daughter asking for? Something. I don't even know. It's, it's, just something she's asking for. And, oh, she wanted to watch TV last night and she had already, you know, used up all her TV time. And she was saying Mm -hmm. to my husband, daddy, please, daddy, please. And I mean, it it went on for, I don't even know, five minutes. (laughs) Trying to break it down. Yeah. Yes. Oh, she was, but it was not successful. And he's like, I don't think you understand. Like I said, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so total total sidebar there but um yeah. i think to, to 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 be mindful of you know you can do anything even just a little bit more as as parents as well mm-hmm. absolutely yeah it's a good model yeah so getting down to the last two tips here for the kid section encouraging your child to give themselves a break. So we know everybody needs a break sometime. This is really helpful even for us. You're not going to be that productive if you're sitting at your desk for eight hours straight, really trying to, you know, grind out a, an article or some mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. So taking time to do something that you enjoy, then returning to your goal, refreshed and, and ready to go. So this is is definitely, I think, an overarching tip that transcends beyond resiliency and growth mindset. Mm -hmm. This is just a a really good reminder. And we can instill those, um, I guess, skills in our kids too. Right. Kind of empowering them to know when to take a break and permissioning them to do so. So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. definitely. And then the very last one for our kids section, thinking about something you've learned to do that took hard work and practice and what strategies do you use to keep going and share those strategies and successes really with, with your child. So was there something that took a while or you thought, gosh, I really want to quit at this, but you stuck with it. And, and how did you do that? So it's really Mm -hmm. the power of how, and kind of imparting that, that knowledge, um, on your job, your child or children. Yeah, these are so good. I I love that last one. I love all of these tips, I will say. But I love that last one in particular because sometimes I feel like if kids can feel like they can relate to you as a parent, they're more likely to do what you what you're describing. So if you yeah. say, well, I had a really hard time with this, but I tried this and then I I did it, you know, I think kids mm-hmm. are more likely to say, oh, okay, well, you you went through this too? All right, yeah. you know, and it makes them feel more like they can 
they've, they can do it. That's such a good point. You know, sometimes I'll talk with parents and they will either say it overtly or I get the sense that they feel they need to be this strong authority figure Mm -hmm. where the kids need to look up to them and they don't ever falter and they don't have any faults and things like that. But conversely, what you're saying makes a lot of sense to me, which is if you can relate, kids can realize, oh, I can grow up to be strong, you know, like my parent too. And wow, they, they struggled a little bit too, but here they are, they, they made it. And I guess this is kind of quote unquote normal that Mm -hmm. this person that is older and has all this stuff going on, uh, you know, actually couldn't ride a bike once. It's kind of hard to imagine, but when you break it down, you get to be more relatable and yeah, I really had a hard time. You know, I couldn't do X, Y, and Z for such a long time, but I just stuck with it. And this is what I did Mm -hmm. Uh, can be really powerful. Yep. Yep. I definitely did that one with my son with reading. Um, just last year he was learning to read and he was starting, he wanted to give up on it because it was mm-hmm. hard. And I was like, you know, I wasn't able to read either when I was your age, but I learned and all that. So everything you just said, but, um, yeah. it was really helpful because I think then he went in with a different mindset, which is yeah. all, all about what we're talking about today. Yeah. You know, let's, let's help adjust the mindset. Definitely. So, Yes, definitely. So now we're going to shift gears just a bit and we're going to talk about teens. But I will say that a lot of the tips that we just discussed are going to pertain to teens as well. But as as you know from our uh, previous podcasts, when we get to teens, things just get a little more complex. <laughs> Everything gets more complex when we get to teens, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to go through some tips that uh, might be more geared towards your tweens or teenage children. And so we talked a little bit before about fixed mindset and growth mindset, but here's where we really want to start to teach our teens or tweens the difference. So Mm -hmm. really giving them some examples of, well, what is a fixed mindset or what is a growth mindset? And so some examples would be a fixed mindset might be saying mistakes prove I can't do it versus a growth mindset. Someone might say mistakes help me grow. Mm-hmm. And I'll give a couple of other examples here just to help set the scene. So I'm afraid of new things. That's going to be obviously a fixed mindset versus mm-hmm. I might fail, but I love a challenge. <laughs> so mm-hmm. again, your teen might not say it that way, but I think that it's a nice, just kind of helps you break it up a little bit. Or this is too hard. I'll never be able to do it versus this is too hard. I'll keep practicing, which I think that one resonates with your tips, Angie, because Mm -hmm. it's for those kids and for teens. You know, again, practice makes perfect. You can go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. And then one more. So they are better than me. I'm no good versus their success means I can succeed. Mm -hmm. And I really like that one for teens in particular, because although children do look to their peers and they think that they're judging them. I think that this comes up a lot more in tween age and teen age. So mm-hmm. if they see someone doing something and they're not as good at it, some children or teens in this case might just want to give up entirely. But instead, yeah. we want them to look at it as like, hey, they can do it. Well, so can I. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like this too. I think when you said I am afraid of new things versus I might fail Um, I love a challenge. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of what we hear sometimes where kids say, I'm bad at math, right? Mm -hmm. So they're they're kind of anchoring it to themselves as a person, their personality, them, themselves, and tying it to, yeah, their persona. Whereas the, and that's the fixed state. And so I like how we, I like the concept of being able to 
kind of change that a little bit. So it's like, no, mm-hmm. it's more fluid, right? So it's right. not just static. Right, exactly. Yep, definitely. So moving on to number two here. So I really like this one. And this was, as we were going through this, I was thinking, you know, this one is such an important part that we all kind of avoid. So Mm -hmm. help your teen redefine failure as part of the process. So have them question their fears. What am I afraid of? Or are these fears justified? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. It it it's uh it gets them thinking about the kind of so what factor of failure. I know that's used sometimes in the counseling world and in therapy. So this might happen. Well, so what? You know, mm-hmm. what's the what's right. the worst that can happen? Well, then this might happen. So what? You know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I think I love that. questioning that or almost confronting that with the so what factor can yeah. be applied here. Yeah, definitely. And and really just acknowledging failure is going to happen. It's part of the process. So in order to succeed, we might actually have some failures. But as I mentioned before, in in resiliency, so yeah, we're going to have those failures and those setbacks. But do you have the skills you need in order to bounce back when those things happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think normalizing it so it doesn't seem so scary or that they're too afraid to take those safe risks Mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier come into play here too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like what we talk about often where it's like, and I actually had a call uh, a few hours ago about something very similar, but if we can prepare our children and our teens for things, it might be less scary. So if we're Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you're going to try this, you might not do so well. (laughs) History, you know, shows that you might not be so great at it to start, but you know, you will get better. And so I think if we, even if we just call it out for some of our teens, it might, that might be better for them. Yeah. 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 Or anybody, you know, or anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Right. This is, this is hard for anyone to do on the first try Mm -hmm. if you haven't done it before. So normalize it and make it okay. Yeah, exactly. And then, so this goes kind of along with your, so what factor, um, helping them understand, well, what's the worst case scenario? So I get this a lot, you know, with, with teens and tweens who are like you had said, I'm afraid to just try it. Well, it's like, Mm -hmm. what's the worst case scenario? How likely is it that that's going to happen? And if that does happen, how can you move past it? So can Mm -hmm. you have a game plan if let's say that doesn't go as well as you thought it was going to the first time? Mm Mm-hmm. So it really yeah. encourages your teen to think about what's the good and uh, what's the bad. <laughs> so if these right. bad things happen, no matter how bad that situation is, there's always going to be something that they can learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough, tough lesson. I know. But that one really is. And practice. Yeah. I think, you know, practicing being resilient too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Number four, so help your team think positively. This is where I had mentioned this earlier, where I do think that we get into this more so when we get to tweens and teens. We see it with kids as well. So for your your example that said, I'm bad at math, but Mm -hmm. we see it a lot more with with teens and we really want to work on that positive self-image. And so replacing something like, I can't do this, you know, help them to replace it with something like, I can, or going back to what you had mentioned before, adding that word yet in there. So Mm -hmm. I can't do it yet, but I will. Yeah. So really helping them be kind to themselves and, and understand that maybe I'm not so great at this, but I can get better and help them emphasize the positive self-talk versus that negative self-talk. Yeah. One of our colleagues, Kristen, I, I won't say who it is, but, um, he rubbed off on me 
and in, in, in a positive way and that he, we were kind of navigating a tricky thing at work. And it's, it's been this like chronic thing that we're trying to, to work through. And he's like, we'll get there. You know, we will oh, get this. Mm-hmm. And he said that he's purposely trying to use that type of language. And when he would, when I was saying like, okay, and then we have to do this and this, oh gosh, frustrating. He's like, we'll get it. We'll get there. And I'm like, immediately, more in a, it's just immediately spun it in a more positive way. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. And so I could see a teenager using that. I, I, I think you can use the, the, whatever cool hip lingo right, you think right. your kid's going to want to use, but saying like, yeah, you know, I'll get it. That mm-hmm. just seems like a, a really good spin on it. Yeah, absolutely. And so <laughs> tip five. Um, so this is similar to what you had mentioned before too, but I really like the idea of sharing some of your failures with your teen. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of parents listening are probably like, oof, no, <laughs> I don't want to tell my teen anything that I might have done wrong in those high school years. <laughs> <I'm a> perfect <laughs> angel. <laughs> exactly. But I think that it's really important to continue to do that even through those teenage years. Um, so maybe talking about how you persisted or um, or or even if how you gave up and if you did and then, oh, well, what was the outcome to that decision? Maybe you mm-hmm. you could have tried that 30 extra seconds or you could have tried a little bit longer. Um, so really just being transparent with your teens about this and saying, look, I struggled too in high school with making friends and, and this is how and this is what I did. And mm-hmm. So again, it just it makes you seem more relatable to them. Yeah, you're human. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then alternatively, equally as important, reflect on your successes. So what did you do well and how did you get there? And I think you had mentioned this earlier, not just telling them, well, this is this is what I did. This is what happened. But how did you get there? So I think that's really important to help define it. Mm-hmm. And then really going back to what you had said about goals, I think goal setting is important for all ages, but particularly with teens. So when you're a teenager, you might have all these really big grand plans, these big goals for things. Maybe you're preparing for college or a big job or driving. So helping them maybe identify some of those goals to make that, let's say, driving be a success. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to number seven. So I guess to, this kind of goes uh, piggybacks off of that last one, but six, uh, supporting your teen with accepting feedback. So let's say that those failures do happen, or maybe they submit a, uh, a, a re- a article for school and they work really hard on it and, and they got some feedback from their professor or well, in this case, high school, maybe mm-hmm. some feedback from their teacher and it really didn't go well. So I think that we need to help them understand that they need to accept that feedback and maybe this could be an opportunity for growth. That's a hard one, <laughs> I think, for teens to, to learn, but really important. Yeah, it is a hard one. And to address how hard that is, it can be helpful to reframe feedback as a family. So you have, you value feedback in a different way. So some Mm -hmm. people might think feedback is, oh, you did something wrong. It's a criticism. But maybe as a family, you can reframe that as, oh, well, feedback equals something helpful. But it is important to think about how, your feedback might be received by the listener. <laughs> and so it's just a good, I think it's a good learning lesson too, right? How to receive feedback, also how to, to give feedback and in a constructive way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think that's that's important to, to pay attention to how how your 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 learner, your listener, who you're talking to might respond to that. Um, yeah. And you could certainly tweak how you say things to your teen because as we know, you know, parenting teens is tough. Mm-hmm. But oh well that'll be for our next episode. Tune in next time <laughs> to our <laughs> parenting spoiler teens. Alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, but yeah, I think it's really I, I like your idea of of having it as a family. So it's like, mm-hmm. look, this is how we're all going to maybe give somebody in the house feedback on something. And yes, it's an opportunity to learn, not necessarily me telling you that everything you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, super important. Okay, so I already talked about this one a little bit, but providing support with goal setting. And the reason I say providing support is because, again, teens, and not all teens, but some might have these big dreams, these big goals or things that they want to work on. And sometimes we have to help them break that down. So maybe they want to do something, but they're like, I'm never going to get there. And so we can change that mindset and say, all right, talk to me about what you want to do. I'll just use driving as an example, because I've had like three or four calls the last two weeks of parents asking me about how to how to get their child prepared to drive. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why <laughs> this seems to be the common theme, um, <laughs> but you know, having them come up with, okay, what's a realistic plan to reach this goal? Do I need to practice driving? Is there a course I could take? You know, But writing down some of those, the goals that they have in mind and kind of checking those off so that they can be as prepared as they can when they get to that driving test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super yes. important one. Definitely. And then the last one here for our teens is help your teen identify their strengths and use their strengths to grow stronger. This is probably my favorite of all of them. So I think, again, it's really about changing that mindset. So instead of focusing on what I didn't do well, focusing on what did you do well in that situation? Great. The situation didn't go maybe as planned, but you 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 did this well. Let's use that again next time and then you'll grow even stronger when you try it again. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So should we, I'm just thinking maybe we could do like a 30 second recap of, yes. of all our tips. So yeah, definitely. going back to the top, I'll review the tips for kids. And mm-hmm. then Kristen, if you want to do teens. So Perfect. ways to build the resiliency process and growth mindset. So number one, focusing on self-talk. Number two, identify the power of yet. (laughs) Number three, try not to shelter your kids from upset and frustration. Number four, allow your kids to take some self-risks to make some mistakes, um, safe risks rather, (laughs) to make some mistakes and prove and, and get back up there. Number five, enroll your kid in some new activities. Number six, help them set goals and talk about why that's important. Number seven, uh, it remind them to do just a little bit more. Number eight, encourage them to give themselves a break. And everybody needs a break sometimes and why that's important. And then number nine, think about something you've learned to do that took hard work and, and practice and kind of share that with your child. Yep. And for our tweens and teens, tip one, so really start to focus on that fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Give them some examples and teach them what that really means. Tip two, help your teen redefine failure as part of the process. So prepare them that that's going to happen and what can we do about it? 
Tip three is similar to that, looking at that worst case scenario. How likely is it to, how likely is it going to happen? And then what could we do if that does happen? Tip four, help your team think positively. So some positive self-talk there, model it for your teens, but then also help them understand what that looks like. And tip five, share with your teens some of your own failures, <laughs> even if you might mm -hmm. not want to. <laughs> and alternatively, tip six, uh, reflect on some of your successes that you had as a teen and, and talk with your child or teen about those. Tip seven, support your teen with accepting feedback. So it's feedback is good. We don't have to always look at that as a negative thing. Tip eight, provide support with goal setting. So help your teen set some realistic goals and a plan to do so. And our final tip, tip nine, help your teen identify their strengths and then how can they use those strengths to grow stronger? Nice. Yes. All right. That's a whopping 18 tips that we I just know. delivered. <laughs> awesome. awesome. And a very short, relatively short amount of time. Yeah. 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 I think that was a good summary. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, if we can condense growth mindset and resiliency into like a quick summary, growth mindset again, is the belief that our abilities and capacities and talents can be improved over time through practice and patience and hard work. And that resiliency is really the ability to manage and, and recover from daily setbacks and adversity. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of the most succinct way to, to break it down. Um, but should we go into our segment that we uh, that we did before you went on leave, which is yes. the real talk with the real moms. Do a yes. couple minutes of that. I've missed this. Over the last three months, I was like mentally writing down all, all the things that have happened in my life. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have so many real talk examples. I got to share this. Oh, yeah. man. Yes. So this is a topic. This is actually pretty uh, common in our, our household. And I think with our oldest, not so much with our our three-year-old yet, yeah, but our little guy who just turned five, he's just so timid. He's really, really timid. And always, I've always had to give him a pep talk for anything new. So he tried mm -hmm. T-ball last year and I really had to give him a pep talk and say, look, this might be hard, but you can do it. You know, really trying to help him out with that. He just started kindergarten, um, I guess two Yay. weeks ago now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting, just his his growth that I've seen over the last year. So if you listen to any of our last podcasts, um, you'll notice that I was talking about his preschool a lot last year, and I would get reports from the school, and they would say, um, "Well, he's he's laying, he's rolling on the floor, <laughs> he's not doing his work, he's really trying to get out of everything." And the yeah. reason for that was because he just didn't want to fail. He didn't want to not be able to do it. So mm -hmm. we have come a long way, I will say. Yay. And now I I catch him kind of giving himself a pep talk, like, mm -hmm. oh, I can, I can, oh, I can do this, you know. And it's it's really cute. Like it's he he's come full circle. And I will say that I was pretty nervous about him starting kindergarten, and but I didn't let him know that. And this the first day he was a little bit scared to go in, but the second day he came home from school and he said, I love school. And I was like, yes. So awesome. we, we've gotten there, but we used a lot of the tips that, that we mentioned <laughs> earlier for kids. Definitely. I, I used with him because he's yeah. just, he's the kind of kid that needs that extra reassurance. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad so he's, he's doing really well. Settling in. Nice. Yes. Yeah. He loves Aww. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine 
I'll just reference my younger one, my six-year-old. She She's definitely a perfectionist. She likes to do things right the first time. So she gets really e- easily frustrated if she can't mm-hmm. do something well right away. So I'll cry. And it's really sad, actually, to, to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can relate to her as when I was a kid, too. Kind of the same same sort of thing. It's really common for her, whether it's reading or workbooks over the summer or during the pandemic, even diving in the pool. She she couldn't get it and she just kept trying and trying. But the thing is, she she doesn't give up. She'll get really frustrated and she'll cry. But when I suggest, so this is a good um, reminder that, you know, these tips are not one size fits all, that mm-hmm. some of these tips will work. Some of them might not. You just have to kind of try it out and kind of mix and match. So suggesting she take a break, that doesn't work as well for her in particular. She's like, no, I, I'm so upset, but no, I can't stop. I got to do it. You know? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Parker's it's, the same uh, way. So I, yeah. I know all about that. So you're right. Like it does it's not a one size fit all because if I tell him to like, mm-hmm. take a break, walk away, come back to it. He's like, no, <laughs> yeah. I have to do this. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes for her setting a goal saying, okay, you know what, let's do four more problems in the, in the worksheet and then mm-hmm. we can be done or we can take a little break or we set a goal of, okay, well, let's try the dives just 10 times. And she did naturally get better and better. And I think that gave her some momentum and some encouragement and kept her going because she was able to feel that the dives got better and better. And so mm-hmm. by the 10th one, she felt, I guess, accomplished. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, t- and I would tell her too, this was, I'm perfectly happy sharing with my kids my failures and what I wasn't good at as a kid and and things like that. And that really helps to humanize me Mm -hmm. and normalize the situation and and make it more relatable, as you had mentioned. So that tends to be something that has worked really well for for my kids and and for Rosie in particular, my six-year-old. Yeah, that's really great. I was just thinking what a good tip within our, within your, uh, your tips here. But, um, what if you filmed her first dive versus her 10th one? Yes, we did do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I figured you did. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Cause then great you can see yeah. it, you know, it's like, Oh, this is look, but look, look at your first one versus your 10th one. Like you're so much better. Imagine what your 20th dive will look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good, we did that, but I wasn't using it for that purpose. I was just doing it because they were like, mom, take a video (laughs) with your phone. I want to see what it looks like. But you're so right that we could utilize that strategically Mm -hmm. to show progress over time and, and kind of tying it back to one of the early tips about look at a picture of you when you're little, you couldn't do this and now and so on. So that's a good way to illustrate growth mindset. You kept working on it. You didn't give up. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that. And look at you now. Yeah, definitely. Right. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us for our 16th episode of Behaviorally Speaking. Our next episode will be all about teens. I gave you a spoiler earlier on that. (laughs) We'll be joined by some parents who are raising teens so we can hear all about their experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You have been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com. You can find past podcast episodes under the resources tab. 
We also invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us feedback wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, have a great day.